Well, kia ora, hello and welcome to the Coast Vineyard Podcast. Whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, it's so good to have you listening in. We hope and pray that wherever you may find yourself at today, that the message that you're about to hear would be helpful for your journey of faith. So without further ado, let's get into this week's message. Jackie and I went down early this morning, just down onto your um, beachfront, just for a coffee, and I think, man, you guys live in paradise, really, don't you? Uh, do you know how blessed you are? Like, you're a beach. We live by the beach in Christchurch, but this is a special place, isn't it? Like, you are really, really blessed, and um, so I hope you appreciate it. It's, um, this is where we would come on holiday, actually, so... The, um, we've uh, just, can I also, just before I get into my message, just want to honour these guys, Matt and Jacinda. Um, I'm not sure if you realise, you know, when they're your home pastors, you can sort of think, okay, these guys are just their pastors. But these people are really well respected down where I come from in Christchurch. Our, the pastors in Christchurch rate these guys highly. And so I hope you don't take them for granted. These um, a couple who, they carry something of the Spirit, and um, they just have lots of respect where I come from. So treat them carefully, eh? Like, treasure who you have caring for you. That's what the Bible says, isn't it? Treat those who honor you, who teach you with respect and make their job easy. So you should make their job easy. So. Hey, I'm going to talk to you um, today about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know that we leak? Don't we? There's a scripture in um, John chapter 7 where it says, um, those who believe in me, out of their innermost being, there will flow rivers of living water by which he spoke about the Spirit. And you're meant to live like that. Your life is meant to be so full of God that not into you, but out of you, there will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit. Very first scripture, when I got saved when I was 19, the very first scripture I think I memorized was John 10.10. 10. The devil has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life to the full. But let's be honest. Often, don't you feel like well, I'm not full? Don't, don't you honestly think, sometimes I just feel, I feel dry? And that scripture, Jesus said, if anybody is thirsty, come to me and drink. And then out of your innermost being, there'll flow rivers of living water. And I'm going to encourage you today to drink like you're meant to be full of God. That's not, that's not super Christian. That's just normal Christian. Full of God, oozing God. And that's how our life is meant to be, and yet life hits us, doesn't it? That's just reality. Life, life takes a smack at us, and sometimes we just go down and down and down, and we don't realize we've, we've stopped being full of the Spirit, and now we're just living on dregs and thinking, this is it, this is Christianity. That's not it. Christianity really means I'm full of God, and everywhere I go, I ooze Jesus. And, and so we've got to keep drinking and keep drinking and keep drinking so that we're full of the Spirit. You know, there's some scriptures in the Bible that bother me. Um, one of them is um, John chapter 14, verse 12, where Jesus said, The works that I do, you will do, and even greater works than this will you do, because I go to the Father. Now, when he said, because I go to the Father, he's meaning... Like when Peter preached, he said, you know, Jesus ascended and he received the gift of the Spirit which he has poured out. Now that's what he was referring to. That's, that's meant, the works that Jesus did, we're meant to do. Like the word um, for, Chris, for Christian 
comes from the word Christ, which is the Greek of Messiah, which means the anointed one. So you're meant to be little anointed ones. You're meant to be little Christs, full of the same spirit that enabled Jesus to do everything that he did. Do you know that Jesus, every single miracle that Jesus did, nothing did he do out of his divinity. Nothing. He didn't do any of his miracles because he was divine. He did them as a man filled with the same spirit that we can be filled with. Exactly the same. Because if he did it out of his divinity, I'm excused. Hey, you're excused because you're not. You're not You're not divine. But he did it as a man filled with the Spirit. And then he said to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endowed with power from on high. Because you cannot live this Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Can we? Like we are 100% dependent on the Spirit. And can I just, the word that I feel like God's given me for you today is that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can be filled to the same level that Jesus was filled with the Spirit and you can do the works that Jesus did in the same power of that same Holy Spirit. And so we're going to look at um, a passage in Luke chapter 4 um, where Jesus talks about this, but, oh, I should use this. Um, uh, there's, a, um, there's a scripture, I don't know if you know, in, um, in Paul's uh, travels, he went to... Um, he went to a place called Athens, and he spoke at the Areopagus, and he argued in this place where all these philosophers were arguing, and he was arguing about who was Jesus. And so, he, do you know the story in Acts chapter 17? He was going along um, in this, in this um, city, and he saw all these idols, and then he got up to speak, and he said, look, I've seen all your idols, and I noticed that you've got an idol to an unknown God, and this is the God that I'm proclaiming to you, Jesus who is the risen Savior. He is God. And um, so he argued about that. But then it says, he went from there, in Acts chapter 18, he went from Athens to Corinth. And when he got to Corinth, he said, uh, he said this, um, when I came to you, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And my message wasn't in persuasive words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith wouldn't rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Do you know there's no church, there's no book of Athens in their Bibles? Hey. Paul changed his method. He used persuasive words of wisdom and logic and argument to try and demonstrate this is what God is like, and then he said, went from there to Corinth, and he says, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to demonstrate the power of God. And this is why I put this thing up here. One of the fears is I talk about this. I talk about the coming of the Spirit. I talk, and I'll talk about the, amount, the power of the Spirit. Like we, will be, we should be filled with the Spirit. We should be led by the Spirit. We should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And we should be anointed with the Holy Spirit. But if I just give you words, this is what I could do. I could inoculate you against the real thing, and you think, well, that, is that it? It's just words. It's not words. The kingdom of God is not a matter of words. The kingdom of God is power. And so that's what the Bible says, isn't it? Um, he says in 1 Corinthians 4, 19 and 20, But I will come to you soon, and if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power, because the kingdom of God doesn't consist in words. It just consists in power. You know what? My, one of my fears um, is that I, I know myself, 
And my talk is a lot bigger than my actions. That's the church. And you know what? The people out in coast, they don't care about your words. They, honestly, they don't care because they've got other stories. And they've heard lots of stories. They actually want to see a demonstration. And you know what? If, if Jesus was here, he would be demonstrating. He wouldn't just be talking. He would be demonstrating the kingdom. And, so that's, what, and that's what the disciples did. They, they, both, they both did and they both spoke and they acted. And that's meant to be our life. That's meant to be your life. Your life is meant to be not just words, but action as well. Like it comes out of you. The Spirit can come out of you in actions. And don't we, aren't we hungry for that? Aren't we thirsty for that? I, I'm certainly thirsty for that. So here's this passage that I want to share with you. It's in um, Luke chapter 4, and it says all of these things about Jesus. Remember the story about when Jesus was water baptized? Um, this is in, in Luke chapter 3. It says, and when John the Baptist was baptizing, Jesus went out to be baptized. And when he went out, came up out of the water, the Spirit descended on him in a dove, in the form of a dove. And a voice said, this is my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. And then it says in Luke chapter 4, and then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. And then after that, after going through his temptations in Luke chapter 4, it says, and then Luke chapter 4, verse 14, and then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. And then it says that, and later on, that he went into the synagogue, and they handed him the book of Isaiah, and he turned to Isaiah, where in our Bible, 61. And he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, to, re- to um, set free captives and um, to bring um, recovery of sight to the blind and liberty to those who are held in captivity. And that's his anointing. And that's meant to be us. You're meant to be full of the spirit like Jesus was full of the spirit. You're meant to be led by the spirit like Jesus was led by the spirit. And you're meant to... Be empowered, we'll talk about that, by the Spirit. And then you're meant to be anointed. Um, any of you heard of this guy, Finney, Charles Finney? Um, he was uh, a lawyer and an antagonist against Christianity. He was, um, um, he were, he was a strong antagonist against Christianity. And uh, yet he came under conviction. He went into a forest uh, into the woods to finally you know, put to bed this feeling that he was getting, this conviction that was coming over him, to put it to bed. And then he started to pray, and then he came under conviction because he realized it was pride that he didn't want anybody to see him praying. Um, this is in his autobiography. And then um, this is when, after he was there, he had a bit of an encounter with God. He came home, he lit a fire, um, this is, and this is what he said. And as I returned and was about to take a seat by the fire, I received a mighty baptism of the Holy Spirit without expecting it, without ever having the thought in my mind that there was any such thing for me. At a moment entirely unexpected by me, the Holy Spirit descended upon me in a manner that seemed to go through me, body and soul. I could feel the impression like a wave of electricity going through and through me. Indeed, it seemed to come in waves and waves of liquid love, for I could not express it in any other way. 
No words can express the wonderful love that was shed abroad in my heart. It seemed to me that I should burst. I wept aloud with joy and love, and I do not know, but I should say I literally bellowed out the unutterable gushings of my heart. And these waves came over me and over me and over me, one after the other, until I recollect I cried out, I shall die if these waves continue to pass over me. And I said to the Lord, Lord, I cannot bear any more, and yet I had no fear of death. Isn't that amazing? Here's, here's a man who got so filled with God, he thought he was going to die, and he, he had to say to God, stop. Have, have any of you ever said to God, I don't want any more, like, that's enough, like, stop. I've asked for more, but I've never had to say stop. I've never had to say that's enough. I don't, I, my body can't take any more. This, all it was was a, a baptism of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and he wasn't even expecting it. Oh, that's not fair. Well, I've been hungry for this. He doesn't, he, it just came out of the blue for him. But his life was absolutely transformed. This man led hundreds of thousands of people to Christ. I read in his autobiography, he walked into a, um, a factory and people started falling out of their seats under conviction because of the presence of God on him. D.L. Moody had a, a, a similar encounter as a Baptist minister, uh, preaching, preaching, and all of a sudden he got filled with the Holy Spirit and he had to say to God, stop, I, I feel like I can, I'm going to die. So if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, can I just say you haven't seen anything yet? Like, there's more. You think you've got this? There's more. Like, don't think I've, this is all there is. There's, there's so much more to encountering God. The God of all universe can dwell in your body. What Can you imagine? Think, like it's just some religious thing. You know, often I think we do, we judge Christianity by just like religious, go through the rut, go through the rut, go through the rut, do all the things. It's boring, honestly, isn't it? Like Christianity without the Holy Spirit is dead boring. It's predictable. And yet uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, it is dangerous. You've got no idea what he's going to ask you to do next. Honestly, like this is truth, isn't it? You have no idea. You put, your house, you put yourselves into the hands of God and say, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. You're in a dangerous position because he is way bigger and more powerful than you. He may ask you to walk on water. That's impossible. Peter did it. Peter did it. It's not Jesus. Peter. Jesus did it as well. Like, what could God ask you to do? Don't, don't judge Christianity and just think, this, you know, this is Christianity. If it's in the Bible, it's true. True? Like, if, if, if my life and the Bible disagree, which one of them is wrong? It's me. I'm wrong. I have to adjust myself to what the Bible says. The Bible is right. And so if the Bible says I can be filled with God. Do you know the Bible says this in, in Ephesians chapter 3? If you were to know the love of God, the height, the depth, the length, the breadth of the love of God you would be filled to the fullness of God. That's in the Bible. If you were to know the love of God, and you say, you know what? <clears throat> that surpasses knowledge. In other words, it's not head knowledge. It's got nothing to do with you just ex giving mental assent to the fact that Jesus loves me. No. It means I experience his love. 
the fullness of his love, the height of his love, the depth of his love, the breadth of his love, the length of his love. If I was to know his love, really, I would be filled to the fullness of God. You know, that's his intention for your life. It's not just that you would be nice. Christians aren't meant to be nice. Like, is that, is that all we are? You know, this is, you become a Christian, you become a nice person. I think, rubbish. No rubbish. We, come, we, become a, we become a Christian. We get filled with God. We become like Jesus on the world. Like little Jesus is walking around, doing the works of Jesus. Being like, and how many times do you read, and Jesus moved with compassion? So many times in the Gospels. He saw pain, and he is moved with compassion. And how can you say we are filled with God if we are never moved with compassion? It cannot be. You cannot say, I am a Christian and I don't care. It cannot be. We see pain and we're filled with God and we want to help. We want to get in there. And so, you know, I saw up on that coast things that you, one of the guys celebrating the things that we're doing to help people move into housing and all that sort of stuff. Yes, that's what we do. We see suffering and we get moved with compassion. And God has given you the ability to do that stuff. Like, here's the thing. Um, you remember the guy at the gate, Beautiful? Um, after the disciples got filled with the Holy Spirit, John and Peter walked past. They see this guy that's been at the gate, Beautiful, all his life, supposedly. So Jesus would have seen him there. But these guys come back. Now they're filled with the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit. And the guy is begging arms, begging for money. And he says, silver and gold we don't have, but what I have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Rise up and walk. And he did, and leaping and dancing and everywhere. Because I, I, I read that and I thought, so they knew they had something. Do you know you've got something? You know you, he's put something in you, but just sitting on it does nothing. We're meant to do something. Um, so those guys were filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know, it says, Jesus said, I've already said this, you know, don't leave Jerusalem until you're endowed with power. And then Acts chapter 1 verse 8, when, you, when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the outermost parts of the world. But then these guys later on, they're getting threatened. This is about five, chapter 5, so it's probably about five years after Pentecost. And now they are being threatened. And they said, Lord, take note of their threats and grant your servants boldness to continue to speak your word with all confidence, while you confirm our word with signs and wonders. And so this says that the place where they prayed, was, where they were gathered, was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. Again. And they went out and spoke the word of God with boldness, because you leak. And yes, you may have been filled with the Holy Spirit, but you leak and you need to be constantly being filled with the Spirit so that out of your fullness, it's almost like a cup that the water's coming in and it just keeps overflowing. It's, and when you give out, like, you remember when that woman touched Jesus and he's, in the, he's been bustled by everybody and he says, somebody touched me? And they, they looked at him and thought, what the, what the, you know, everyone's touching you. You're in a crowd. He said, no power left me. And Jesus was conscious that power had left him. And that woman got healed. And I, th I think power leaves me, and I'm just not aware of it. I'm, I'm ministering and I'm doing stuff, and it's, power's leaving me, and I'm just not conscious of it. And so I, my level goes down, and I'm not conscious of it. And then my level goes down, and I'm not conscious of it. And then I'm feeling empty. I'm like, what on earth? What is this? 
I have to be constantly being filled with the Holy Spirit because I constantly leak. And I live in this world of unbelief, and it gets in, doesn't it? Doesn't all the skepticism and unbelief, doesn't it get in? Come on, let's be honest. It, it, It comes into us, doesn't it? And then we think, where was my faith? Where's my passion? You know, and it happened to the early church as well. Church of Laodicea in, um, in Revelation chapter 3. You know, um, I see, you know, you've become, you're neither hot or cold. You're lukewarm. I'll vomit you out of my mouth. Because they were losing their first love. And if it, happen, it can happen to them, it can happen to us. It can happen to us, eh? So we need to get, we need to get filled again. Um, this is uh, a passage that has a, means a lot to me. I grew up in a church. Um, they didn't speak much about, actually, maybe they did. Maybe I just didn't hear it. But it was a traditional church. I never heard much about the Holy Spirit and nothing about being filled with the Holy Spirit and nothing about being able to lay hands on sick people and heal people and nothing, nothing of that. What I heard, if you have a look, this is on the day of Pentecost in um, Peter's uh, sermon. They said, what must we do to be saved? And he says two things. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I never heard that. I heard this. If you repent, because we didn't baptize people in the church I came from. If you repent, you'll receive forgiveness of sins. And so as a young man, you can imagine how long that lasted. Like I would repent and I'd, get, I'd feel clean a week. Like that was good. A week was good. And I, I can remember once I did two weeks and I thought, this is amazing. Like two weeks feeling not like I'm crud. But that, that was it. Because they never mentioned that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I had faith to receive forgiveness. And so I was regularly coming up and repenting of my sin because I felt cruddy. But they never mentioned the power of the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't until I met a bloke came to a, a Bible study and this guy was an evangelist from Iceland, and I can't remember what this guy said, but I, when he spoke, I saw something in his eyes. Like, I thought, I want, he's got something. I want that. And it was the Holy Spirit. I didn't know that, but I just thought, I want that. What he's got, I want that. And then he, he I was at this thing, and this, where people were praying. He put his hand on me. I crashed to the floor. Like, you know how you meant to, like, nicely go back? Like, that didn't happen. I crumbled to the floor, and I can remember as a 19-year-old kid playing rugby just so I could hurt people and get hurt. Basically, that's what I did. I didn't mind the pain because it somehow felt good, you know, like to bah, smash somebody. So, so, but I crumbled at this guy's feet, and I can remember laughing and crying at the same time, thinking, what on earth, what on earth is this? This is, this is unusual. This is a first. And then, you know, how, and afterwards, people, everyone was, you know, having a cup of tea and cake and all that stuff. I wanted to get into a corner and, like, don't talk to me. Don't, I don't want to lose this. Like, don't interrupt what's happening. And I remember God, I said to God, I don't care what you ever ask me to do. I never want to lose this. Don't ever let me lose this. You're meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're meant to be filled with the Spirit. And that's, that's what it does. Um, you know what? I don't think my experience, though, is unique. Um, let me, this is Philip. You know the story of um, the disciples said, 
You know, it's not good for us to wait on tables. We need to devote ourselves to the word and to prayer. Choose among yourselves seven men full of the Holy Spirit. Good report. And, we, you know, we'll anoint them to that task and we'll do, we'll do this bit. And so they chose these seven men. One of them was Stephen. He got killed, um, stoned. The other one, another one of them was Philip. Now, this is Philip. They all get scattered. So this is in Acts chapter 8. It says this. Those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what's been said by Philip. And when they heard him and they saw the signs that he did. So there's not just his words, but there was actions as well. And unclean spirits were crying out with a loud voice. They were coming out of many who had them. And many who were paralyzed or lame, they were being healed. So there was a lot of joy in that city. And then Acts chapter 8, verse 12, But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. So are these people Christians? Think about it. Are these people Christians? Are they believers? Actually, it says they are, doesn't it? These people are Christians, true? They believe the good news. They've been baptized. They're believers, right? So this is what happens next. Where am I pointing that? No, it's not working. Has the battery gone? Oh, the next, the next verse says this in um, verse 14 to 17. Now, when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them. They'd only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So they sent the big boys. They'd been... Philip had preached, he'd done miracles, he'd healed, cast demons out, they believed, they'd been baptized, but the disciples, the apostles in Jerusalem said, hang on, there's something missing, there's something not there. Like, where's the power in these guys? Like, Philip, Philip's demonstrating this, but where's their power? Let's send the big boys. So, so they came down, Peter and John came down, and they laid hands on them. And then they said, and then they received the Spirit. Now they saw evidence. Now they saw that these people had received the, the power. So the next passage, this is now Paul goes to Ephesus in um, Acts chapter 19. Uh, happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. And there he found some disciples. And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? That's a good question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? When you believed. I wonder whether he was thinking, there's something missing here. Like your disciples, but there's something that's not right. And they said, no, we've not even heard there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. And then Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who has come after him, that's Jesus. And on hearing them, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they started speaking in tongues and prophesying. So, same thing happened with Paul. Same thing with Philip. You're meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So my experience is not unique, is it? Like people can get saved, 
But you're meant to also, along with salvation, along with forgiveness, which is wonderful to get the shame lifted, wonderful, but you cannot leave Jerusalem until you're endowed with power. You cannot live the Christian life without the fullness of the Spirit, and you're not meant to. You're not meant to. You're meant to have exactly what Jesus had. You're meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So how do you do that? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, it's really simple. In in Luke, Jesus says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, then how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? You just ask. Ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And keep on asking to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Like daily, ask. Like, because you'll leak. So ask again. Fill me again with your Holy Spirit. Fill me again with your Holy Spirit. I don't feel full. Like, how many of you feel like I'm not full? I might be, like, I think I'm generous. 80%. I think that's generous. Like, I think most of us live way down here. And and it's a struggle. And it's like so much energy to try and, you know, live this life. And we're meant to be full to overflowing, and out of us is flowing rivers of living water that is refreshing the world, you know, lighting up the world and salting the world. That's Christianity. But we live almost like, it's not enough for me. You know, and so God is saying, oh, then just ask. Just ask. If you're thirsty, come to me and drink, and then I will fill you with my spirit. So... Um, just fear warning, at the end of this, we're just going to do this. Like, I'm going to ask you, if you're thirsty, then come up, ask, and then people will lay hands on you, just like it says in the Bible, put a hand on your shoulder, and we'll just say, in the name of Jesus, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Simple. You just got to ask, and then just believe. Like, that's what it says, isn't it? Just believe. The promise, uh, that passage that I read before, it says, uh, the promise is for you, every one of you and your children, and for those who are far off, whoever the Lord God calls. This promise of the Holy Spirit, it's, it's for all of us. So. so the next thing is to be led by the Holy Spirit. And this just makes sense. This is, this is simple. Um, this is a natural progression. If you're full of the Spirit, it just makes sense that He will be able to lead you. He will just start to direct you. But can I just warn you, the leading of the Holy Spirit is not a shout and it's not coercion, and it's not pressure. He doesn't operate like that, ever. He never coerces. He gently whispers. The devil shouts. The devil coerces. The devil will force you into a position. Jesus never. It's not his nature. His nature is to invite. His nature is, his voice is a whisper. So you, like, the, the world shouts at us, doesn't it? And you think of people with power, like if you think of people that are powerful in our world, they are dominating, and they, their, their voice is dominating. But that, don't ever expect the leading of the Spirit to be like that, because He will not lead like that. His nature is like gentle. Take my yoke upon you, I am gentle and humble. And that's how His voice comes. You know, if you've got prophetic people amongst you here, and I've, I've you know, um, listened to Graham Cook and, you know, some of these other guys who are really prophetic, and I've said to them, so what do you hear? They hear a whisper. 
they don't get they don't get a, a monologue that a, you know, they dictate to do and then they just repeat their dictation. That doesn't happen to any of these prophets. Like the ones that are the most prophetic, they still only hear a whisper. It's just a whisper. And then they step out in faith and they speak and then the Holy Spirit takes over. And if, and if, you, and if you want to be involved in prophecy, don't expect a dictation. It doesn't, it's never like that for me. And I've asked these other guys, I think maybe it's like that for them. It's not like that for them. It's a whisper. And he will lead you with a gentle whisper. And you just got to take a step of faith. You know what? And, and again, I'm going to ask you to take some, do some stuff in faith. So maybe the Holy Spirit will be speaking to you here this morning, and he might tell you to do some stuff. Can I, you know, the best advice is what Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. That's the best advice. Whatever he whispers to you to do, and you'll think, oh no. And often for me, it's like fear. The verse, he tells me to do something, cold fear. That's what I feel, like, oh no. And I, but I know it's him. Um, I'm a shelter. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, it happened to me, this is how it happened to me. I was in a worship service in Palmerston North, and... Um, God, in the midst of this worship, God said, shout, praise. And I said, sort of loudly, praise Jesus, you know. And he said, no. And, I, and then cold fear came over because I knew what he meant. Like, he really wanted me to shout. And I'm, this is in a crowded, like, auditorium. And it was, we weren't sitting. We are all standing. So we are like, back to back like this. And he said, shout. And so I, and I thought, I'm going to have to shout. So I took, I, this is, in my head I said this, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm not going to let it out without a shout. That's a limited time, isn't it? Sorry. I didn't have much time to get this. So I took this deep breath and I held it in, held it in, and then top of my lungs, I shouted out his name, Jesus. I burst into tears. The lady in front of me, oh man, she got such a fright. LAUGHTER but it broke, honestly, it broke something in me. Like it, honestly, it, 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 because it's embarrassing. But he wanted me to shout his name. And, and since then, I, in the middle of worship, I will often shout. You know why? Because I think when I'm just singing, I'm, it costs me nothing. Costs me nothing to do this for worship. But if I shout, it's so embarrassing. And that costs me to worship. So I am a shouter, and that's, what, and that's why I do it, because I heard a whisper, and he told me to do it, and I thought, I have to do what I'm told to do, and it's, it's given me liberty. So if God asks you to do something later on, just do what he tells you to do, honestly, because we're all friends here, aren't we? So you can do that. The next thing um, talks about the power of the Spirit. It says that Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Um, can I just go through some um, quick scriptures? This, here's a scripture. It uh, says, um, hang on, where are we going here? No, that's a lead. Uh, you know God of anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Spirit, and with power he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed by him. I love this in Acts chapter 2, because you could put your name in here. Uh, men of Israel, hear these words. Matt is a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him. So who does the signs and wonders? 
God through him. And that's how Jesus did all of his miracles. Not out of his divinity, a man that God did all of those things through him. Jesus was just so beautifully led by the Spirit. He went to the pool of Bethesda, full of sick people. But I only do what I see the Father doing, so he only healed one. Now, me, shotgun. I would have prayed for all of them. But Jesus, led by the Spirit, only did what he saw the Father doing. Now, they, might, they would have been offended, but he healed one because he saw that's who the Father was healing. He healed him. And you can, be, you can be doing the same works that Jesus did. I love this. My sermons would be pretty small number of, if I did this. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the, the Gentiles to obedience by word and by deed. See, that's the same. It's word and deed. By the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem all the way through to Elricurum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. This meant to be your life as well. I'm, this is not just for super Christians, is it? This is for normal Christians. To be doing the works, speaking the works, and there's a, there's a verse that says, um, our gospel comes to you with, with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. Folks, um, the last passage talks about um, being anointed. And can I just finish off with this? If you have a look at this passage, Jesus was anointed with the Spirit. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to pray good news to the poor. So this is not about Jesus. This is now about the poor. So this is not about you. The anointing of the Spirit is not for you. It's for the poor. It's for the captives. It's for the sick. That's what the, anoint, that's what the Spirit wants to be upon you for. This is why He wants to fill you. He wants to anoint you because there's a hang of a lot of people out there who need him. And he says, I want to anoint you for them. I want to anoint you to preach with power for them. I want to anoint you with the gift of healing for the sick. I want you to anoint you so that you can cast demons out of people because people are oppressed. There are people that are suffering anxiety, huge at the moment. Um, mental illness is massive. Who will set them free? Yeah. Through you. Through you. He wants to fill you. So why don't you stand to your feet? We don't need the musos um, to play yet, but you can come up if you want. Because I think this is a... Um, this is, can be... So, you can make a cold decision here to say, I'm thirsty. You know, I don't feel full. You're meant to be, but I don't feel full. I... I feel like I need to be filled. And if that's you, why don't you come and make your way up the front right now? Like just come out of your seats right now. Make your way up the front. We might, yeah, cool. Come all the way up. Can we, uh, is it possible to push seats back, Matt? Is it possible to push seats back so people aren't in the aisles? Come all the way up. Yeah. Yeah, keep forcing your way forward.
Because I think this is this is I think this is general. Hey, well I what because you just look in this room, we're all hungry for this, aren't we? Like all of us want this. We want to be filled with God. That's that's why we come to a vineyard church. We want to be filled with the Spirit, and we want to be useful to God. And so in the moment, you know, there'll be some sick people in here, and it's not just going to be pastors that will pray for sick people. This is the work of believers. You know, believers will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. That's what it says. It's just for normal people. But you should be filled, and once, you, once someone has prayed for you, then you just go and pray for somebody else. Lay your hands on them and give away what I give. You know what Peter and John said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. So you can just, we'll do that for others. But you can also pray for people to be filled with the Spirit. So anybody else want to come forward? Do it now. But um, before I pray for, um, we pray for these guys, um, one of the key things, because you might be listening to all this and think, you know, I, I don't even know that I'm actually saved. I don't, I don't, I feel estranged from God. Not only do I feel half empty, I, I don't even feel like I've touched this. So if that's you, before we pray, because this is, this is actually the most important thing, if you raise your hand, I just want to acknowledge you in, the, in this place. Like if you think, I need to be forgiven and filled with the Holy Spirit. Is that you? Because we just want to take a bit of a pause for you. Is there anybody here who thinks, this is me? Yep. Anybody else? If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Don't quench. Yep. Good man. Anybody else? Yep. Yep. Is anyone else? This is so critical. You know, He wants to fill you with His love. He wants to fill you with His love. Not just that you would know in your head His love, but you would encounter the love of God. Anybody else? Cool. Maybe if those guys can come up a wee bit closer on this end so that Matt, someone can... um, yeah, come and pray for those. Do you want to come up? Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And while we're just going to pray, um, someone will go and um, lead you in a really simple prayer, but then just have an expectation. You know, you have the expectation that happened with Jesus when he was baptized, that the Spirit will descend on you. And not just that he'll give you a buzz, but he will fill you with his very life, the very life of Jesus fill you. So why don't you close your eyes, everyone? Maybe put your arms out like you're going to receive, you know, a massive TV. Holy Spirit, you just see the hunger in your people. These are your kids whom you love. And Lord, I just pray that just as it says in your word, that as we walk around and put our hand on them, so you will fill them with your Holy Spirit. We say, Hadamai, why do a tapu? You're welcome here, Holy Spirit. You're welcome. We welcome your presence, Spirit. Hadamai, 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 Waidu Atapu, Hadamai, Waidu Atapu. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Fill me with your life. Fill me with your joy. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your peace. Fill me with your love. Fill me, Holy Spirit. 
Fill me with the life of Jesus. Spirit of Jesus, fill me with the life of Jesus. Lord, I'm thirsty for you. Would you fill me with you? I want you, God. I just don't want religion. I don't want to go through the route of religion. I want an intimate relationship with you. I want to feel your love flowing into me. In the name of Jesus, would you fill me? Would you fill me in Jesus' name? Fill me in Jesus' name. Folks, just if you would be patient, we're just going to walk around and lay a hand on people's shoulders, but maybe the worship team can um, lead us. And um, yeah, just have an expectation. Just be hungry for God. It's not magic words. You know, we won't say magic words over you. It's just simple prayer. Have your faith in God. Just keep your eyes on Him. Let Him fill you. Thanks so much for joining us for today's message. We hope and pray that it's been most helpful. If you are keen to find out a little bit more about us as a church whānau or you'd like to touch base, then you can go to coast.org.nz and there you'll find information about our in-person services, online services, various resources and activities. Enjoy the day and be blessed.